Zone Podcast. We lead the charge on site. There's great career opportunities in construction, whether you're in the field or in the office. I am punk. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Work Zone. I'm Riley, and with us today is Jennifer. Jennifer, our new regular <laughs> and uh, the co-host today. Happy to be here. While Kelsey's out, I get to sub in and um, meet some pretty cool guests today. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're such a natural uh, on this, and um, I'm, I'm really excited for today's podcast. Me too. Yeah, so um, listeners out there, um, we're going to be talking about equipment. Um, we have our equipment manager, Joey, who is Great guy. If you can meet him in real life, uh, 10 out of 10 recommend. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And uh, Michael with uh, Modern uh, Machinery uh, is also going to join us. And um, But yeah, you know, it's it's spring, which means back to the busy season. I know. It's, you know, I feel like we kind of got a slow start to the year, but then April 1st came around and everyone just wanted to get started. So for me, at least in my jobs, it's been very busy this last month and I don't think it's going to stop till October. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I felt like through the winter, it was, um, a lot of permits, you know, we're waiting on permits, yep. we're waiting on this and that, and everything just kind of hit and all of a sudden you're like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. It took me by surprise for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, busy season means busy equipment and, uh, this is a great podcast for that. Yep. So for sure. We'll get to, um, get a lot of our questions answered, especially for me. I don't know much about the equipment, so this will be really informative for um, people like me who don't run up, you know, run gear every day. Yeah, yeah. So uh, as always, uh, if you have any questions, comments at the end of this podcast, please email podcast at northwestconstruction.com uh, or talk to Jennifer and I when we're, uh, we're out and about. Yeah, we love feedback and I know Kelsey would appreciate it too. So um, yeah, stop us, let us know what we're doing. We'll try to keep it shorter for you guys and um, hopefully you get all out of it. So, uh, so Jennifer uh, with us today uh, is two uh, very special guests. Uh, I'm excited. This has been, I don't know, a couple of months in the making and uh, it covers one of the most important parts of our, our industry. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited too. I, I don't know a lot about equipment and our GPS um, function. So I think that this will be good for me to ask questions and learn more about it. Yeah. So with us today is Michael and Joey. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Michael, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, well, uh, thanks for the introduction. Uh, Michael Blankenship. I work with Modern Machinery as the smart construction manager for the company. And um, really just, uh, you know, the, really in there focused on supporting customer uh, technology in the field. So whether that's uh, GPS, whether that's telematics, whether that's drones or 3D modeling, it's really just about uh, trying to get out there, keep machines moving and uh, moving as much dirt as possible with as little time available to them as it can. Awesome. Yeah. And hand in hand is uh, our counterpart, Northwest Joey. Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Quipping guru. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, working here at Northwest with our resource side of things and it comes to equipment um there's it's a big animal there's a lot going on with it for sure and it, it's uh it's a good topic we're going to jump into here so i'm excited too to i'm always eager to learn a little bit from michael as well so yeah yeah and before we dive into equipment uh on the podcast we like to ask uh, all of our guests uh, why they work safe uh, what drives them uh, to work safe and 
what do they uh, enjoy going home to? So, um, Michael, what do you got? Well, reason to work safe really is uh, got a great gal at home um, who I love spending time with. Uh, outside of that, you know, a lot of the hobbies you hear from people in the Pacific Northwest is hiking and camping and kayaking. And I'm going to jump right into that cliche. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Hiking and camping. <laughs> Um, really big into sports, uh, originally from Atlanta. So I follow, uh, kind of Southeast sports more, oh, okay. more than anything else. Uh, Braves, uh, mm-hmm. Bulldogs, that type of stuff. But yeah. yeah, it's really, you know, you look forward to anytime the sun peaks out and we're outside. So we get to get outside for, you know, what, four months a year. Yeah. I love it. I'm in, <laughs> I'm in the, the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm not, uh, I'm not hiking or, or, <laughs> or doing any of that stuff. So yeah, we can tell. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, same going home to family and kids, right? I think that's what we're all, yeah, we're all doing. Um, sports, that's kind of what we're sucked into right now. So, come to work, go home, spend some time with the kids on the weekends, doing baseball tournaments, traveling, you know, that kind of good stuff. So, yeah. but yeah, like I say, no, no hiking for this guy over here. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Davidson's gonna have to bring you in on yeah. a hike this yeah. summer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Watch out. I thought about that maybe with our interns, we do like a summer hike for anyone that wants to come. Yeah, no, no, oh, well, yeah. I don't, I don't know, Joe, are you going to have any interns this year? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Well, I, I think the last time we all uh, were in the same room was uh, at Con, As- Con Expo down in Vegas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that maybe that's where I met you, Michael, back down there. And you guys have a really impressive setup. I mean, you can't miss it when you go into the room no, there. It was, it was fun <laughs> to see. It was fun to see. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like though not all of us actually made it to the the expo floor. You know, it's it's uh it's Vegas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's right, it is. <laughs> Whoever yeah. it is, I'm yeah. sure they missed it because it was pretty pretty cool, pretty yeah. special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they had a great setup. You know, their Komatsu's big initiative is smart construction. Yeah. You know, and and uh, that encompasses a lot. It's not just one big thing. And and they really focused on being able to present that to um, kind of a mass audience outside of just construction in general, because um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of a lot of application for a lot of their kind of a la carte menus in that in that smart construction theme. So uh, it was really good to see uh, their presentations. You know, I'm I'm involved with it every day, but it was kind of nice to see it from you know a step back and and going with customers and other people seeing it. Uh, from their point of view and, you know, the, the excitement and the questions and stuff that they had with it was, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Show. I, uh, sorry. I was just, I, when I went, I got to go and sit in several pieces of equipment and they had a huge 900. Yeah. So, New PC 900. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I was, I don't expect we'll have one of those, but. Yeah. You, you, when you stand <laughs> and you're looking up at it and you're uh-huh. like, oh my gosh, somebody can run this thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I see like this, the safety issue, you know, I don't get in gear very often at all, but being in any of those machines, I can't see anything behind me, you know? So having new features with cameras and surrounding like notification Mm -hmm. is so valuable when we talk about safety for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a huge part of it. Right. Especially these bigger machines. And like you said, Jennifer, just being able to see what's around you, you know, constantly having other crafts around you on job sites and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. And a lot of times you see the innovation that are in, um, vehicles slowly make their way to construction to the point now where we've got the 360 cameras and you start to have the, the sensors, uh, object detection sensors on the rears and all that, you know, cause those you're right. You really can't see anything. Uh, yeah. And the bigger the machines get, the less visibility you have. And most important thing is making sure everyone goes home, I got there in the morning. Yeah. I was telling my family about that. We use GPS 
equipment and they couldn't believe like that's in construction. Mm -hmm. You guys do that. And oh, yeah. thought that was so smart. And I'm like, we're not that, you know, yeah. Old age. No, I see, uh, <laughs> I know we're going to dive into it, but I see equipment going on the road. It's got the, you know, the LCI next to the, to the size of the machine. And people always ask me, what's the LCI versus LC, you know? So a lot of people don't even understand, I guess, the whole technology that's out there when it comes to, comes to our excavation equipment, mm -hmm. you know? And like I said, as we'll discuss here shortly, it's, it's been a, it's a huge benefit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's always fun when you're talking to someone that's not in the industry, you know, you're talking to a buddy or you're talking to a cousin and they're, you know, Hey, what do you do? You know, the, and the easiest thing to do is, Hey, I work with GPS equipment on, on excavators and bulldozers. And you know, what does that mean? And you kind of go into describing, you know, like for instance, like on a PC 490, it's a 110,000 pound machine. And with just a push of a button, you're within a half inch. Like that, that machine is governing that work equipment to stay within a half inch. Wow. Uh, and then you start looking at some of these, you know, the, the bulldozers, um, you know, they're a little bit more intuitive, but you tell them a, with just a push of a button, all you're doing is steering. The machine is doing everything else for you. Um, and when guys don't work in that field and understand just how um, intense that is to see that happening, you know, guys are just amazed because they use GPS to get from here to Taco Bell. You know, yeah. they're, they're not working in, in these minutia of, you know, of inches with mm -hmm. these, you know, 50, 60, 70,000 pound machines. Mm. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. I didn't know that, you know, starting construction, I just, yeah, you see these huge machines and you think they're just destruction machines that just, there's no control and they just smash everything. And then you go see these like <laughs> delicate placements of things that these, yeah, 400 size excavators or whatever are doing. I'm like, wow, there's actually really gentle and precise. And, um, you know, there's a lot that's behind that. Yeah. And there's a lot to said to be about, you know, the operators that have, you know, the, the, the generation of operators that have had just 20, 30 years of, of, uh, of experience. And you see them work their magic on that. It's, it's still to this day, it's impressive to see just how finite they can be with grading without a GPS system. Um, just how, you know, you can go from doing something so finite to then turning around and loading a truck. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's really amazing. It really is kind of an art that, you know, unfortunately we're kind of losing with, you know, those really seasoned operators. Yeah. I can think of a couple of motor grader hands that I've worked with in the past that, and those are a dime a dozen. And, and I wonder, I wonder how the transition to G GPS with those guys that are, that are so ingrained, um, you know, how are they accepting it? You know, is it a challenge for them to accept it? Or are they, are they willing to work with it? Yeah. You know, I think that's on a case by case basis. Sure. Uh, really, um, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of the workforce that has a lot of the experience. Um, usually, they're the they're the hardest ones to adopt to that new technology. But when they finally do take take to it and adopt to it, they're usually the 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 loudest advocators for it because they can see just how valuable that is to them. They've been doing it the hard way for you know 30 years or so, and there's a there's still a lot of fatigue in that. You know, if you're if you're sitting there trying to grade with a dozer all day for eight hours a day, there's a lot of fatigue that goes into, you know, keeping that not just physically but mentally. You know, yeah. you're constantly having to be on that, paying attention um, to the just you know the minutest of details, yeah. uh, and then you see this tool that all of a sudden comes in hand where you can just push a button and it. It's not going to do everything for you, but it's going to make a really, really good operator even better. Um, 
and it becomes where they, you know, they can they can relax just a hair, and, and they're not getting out of the the dozer or the excavator at the end of the day, just just exhausted. Yeah, you know, they're not constantly having to be on. Um, but yeah, you know, you kind of see um, yeah, that 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 really experienced generation, like I mentioned, um, they're the biggest advocates when they get going. Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I could just our guys here in you know Northwest. We've you know when this first came out and rolled it out. Um, some guys, some guys didn't take to it at first, and uh, you know, as as they got used to it and understood what it actually the, what it can do. I mean, it's uh, it's a it's a change it's a changer for job sites for sure, yeah. for cost. Um, you know, lots of guys use the great hops back in the day, um, and it, you're just you're you're eliminating an extra guy out there. Sure. Once you get once you get rolling, you know, and um, they're fantastic. Guys are requesting them all the time for our projects, and they they are job uh, specific. You know, I guess. You got to build a model for them, right, and, and get yeah. them out, to get the job set up for it that way. But uh, Northwest, you know, we've we've got about seventeen pieces of I machines, intelligent machines, which is your GPS from dozers and uh, excavators total. Mm-hmm. Nice. Somewhere on that number. So. So you talk about I machines. I've heard you talk about GPS. And I've heard telematics. Like what? It, what? What are all of those? Or the difference between them? Well, I guess really, you know, we start talking about GPS machine control. And then we start talking about telematics. And so, so really the difference between, you know, GPS machine control, um, Joey mentioned iMachines, which we can get a little deeper into that here in a little bit. That's kind of Komatsu's proprietary I GPS. See. But GPS machine control versus telematics. Uh, telematics is a little bit more focused on kind of fleet tracking, the health of, the health of your machine. You can kind of liken it to uh, GM's OnStar. That, that's telematics. Sure. So at any point in time, uh, you'll be able to get the health of your vehicle. You'll be able to get the location of your vehicle. Um, if there's any services that are needed, all of that's going to come through there. Um, so that's what telematics is. And, and with Komatsu, it's called Comtracks. Um, and it can give you a lot of really cool stuff. Um, it's going to give you location. It's going to give you pretty close to real-time location at any point in time. You know, it'll give you a gallons per hour. It'll give you um, idle, idle time. It'll give you, you know, idle time. Yeah. Idle time is really important, mm-hmm. especially with this technology, the, the engine emissions technology that are in most of these machines these days. But it really gives you a lot of information that you can have in hand, um, you know, even as far as, you know, talking about carbon footprint, you know, that's a hot topic everywhere these days. And, yeah. and a lot of really big uh, customers, you know, particularly in the Seattle area, too, you're talking the Amazons and Googles and Facebooks. They have a really large focus on keeping things as as carbon neutral or as green as they can um you know and the and it's really hard to kind of keep that neutral when you don't know what that carbon footprint is mm. um, and with telematics particularly with komatsu and comtracks uh, we can pull up a machine and we can tell you what that carbon footprint is for that machine you know per hour per day per year really um, and then with that information to get to that carbon neutral footprint now now you have a target Mm-hmm. You know, now you have a number. Now you have something that you can do to start trying to, you know, counteract those measures. Um, but yeah, it's really just focused on kind of just information, real time, health, location of your machine. Is mm-hmm. Yeah, and we use it quite a bit for setting up services. You know, we, we track our hours that way. Mm-hmm. And like Michael was saying, it also, uh, you know, it'll trigger. Um, like it'll shoot codes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Check so engine light. Yeah, like a check engine light will pop on. It'll yeah. be some codes and kind of tell you what's going on with the machine as it's being used. You know, so so our shop we can see all that real real time. Like yeah. Michael was saying. And I and I think we work hand in hand with you guys really well too because as soon as that code comes up on the machine, 
um, our service departments back at Modern, they're, they're getting that same code emailed to them. So a lot of times our service department will call Joey or call um, Trevor yeah. or call Trevor and say, hey, you've got a code on this machine all within a couple of minutes. So if it is a serious code, it can be something addressed and dealt with immediately versus, you know, a lot of times, you know, you're so focused on just getting the job done. You push the little silence button and you just keep going. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's a that's that's a great feature there. Oh, yeah. And then when they come when you guys come out to service them, right, or, or to check on a code that came up, um, they know what they're coming for. Right. They're not just going to go out there. And I mean, there's some troubleshooting still. But for the most part, it kind of it kind of narrows it down to, a, you know, a certain area of the machine that's uh, that's being thrown. That's true. That's thrown mm-hmm. a code. Come out with the proper tools or whatever it is right. they need to repeat that. Well, he's a hammer and he comes out with a screwdriver, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's so huge. I, I guess it's not something I really thought about, but um, every minute that we're such a, a machine driven industry, every minute that machine's down is, is, is a lost production, right? Oh, it's, yeah. it's lost money. And, uh, and any way to eliminate the downtime is great. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's, it's a telematics is a big deal. Yeah. Sure. So, and, and kind of hand in hand with the telematics, one really great thing about, uh, you know, Komatsu's IMC machines is because all of those components are built into the machine at the factory, we actually have telematics for the GPS that are on there as well. Wow. So when there is a sensor that's going out or if there is a short rather than a call saying, hey, my GPS isn't working and there's no idea where it's at and you kind of start at one end and you just work your way through, we're pulling on site and, you, and it's very direct, you know, uh, very direct what we need to do. I was always told when it comes to mechanical issues, <laughs> the mechanical issue is always easy to diagnose, hard to fix. Electrical issues, easy to fix, hard to diagnose. Hmm. Sure. Because again, you're just, you're kind of dealing with wires and harnesses and sensors and you, you got to kind of figure out where that disconnect is. Yeah. So okay. if we can, if we can already be pointed in that right direction, that's going to save a lot of time and a lot of, a lot of money and headaches. Yeah. Yeah. So, when, Joey, when we're looking at jobs and we want to implement, um, you know, some GPS and, and, and telematics and whatnot, um, what are what are some items on the jobs that we're we're looking at? I guess what are what are some ideal situations to use this? Yeah, so I think it's um, well, I shouldn't say I think I know that uh, it comes in handy, especially these, these um, um, housing projects, if you will, um, where there's a lot of like big plats. Big plats where there's a lot of different, uh, you know, elevation changes, mm-hmm. you know, um, key for that kind of stuff, for sure. Um, that's the excavator side of things. And obviously, some dozer use there, too, but uh, big elevation changes is key. Um, and then when guys are using it to dig big footings and, su- and such, I mean, all that plays a factor, for sure. Um, and uh, until just, uh, I guess, as early as yesterday, we just bought one of your guys' uh, D39s, mm-hmm. and that's got the new GPS on it does where it can be used inside of a building yep yep wow yeah so this was introduced at con expo um so it's it's uh one of our d39 pxis so it's your our typical i machine um gps controlled so as we get to the point where we're it's becoming harder and harder to find those really skilled operators you know using the tool of the gps can't quite use that in the old-fashioned way um, inside a building so um basically we're able to hook into the system with a laser you hook up a laser and it, it's going to help guide you around and keep you, you know, keep you on that plane with minimal, uh, minimal operator involvement. So the, the hub for the laser that is outside with the satellite feed and, or not necessarily. Nope. Nope. So we're actually not even using the 3d portion of it. So it's, okay. a, it's actually a 2d laser. 
Um, so we'll have a laser set up, um, you know, in the corner or whatnot to give you guys the, you know, can, to give you the most access. And you'll actually have a mast on front of the blade and it has a laser receiver. So based on the input from that laser and the, the grade, dic, you know, the dictation that you've made for the grade, mm-hmm. it's going to grade as long as it can see that laser. Wow. So it's a little bit more simplified, but it does a great job of being able to take that, you know, the, the one caveat that GPS has is having to have satellites in order to use your automatics, mm-hmm. taking an inside a building where you're not going to have line of sight to those satellites, but still you're going to get that production. You know, you start, you know, again, we're talking large warehouses. Yeah. You get in some of these sure. warehouses that are a million square feet, two million square feet. That's a, that's a lot of, that's a lot of dirt. That's a lot of rock to grade. Yeah. And to be able to keep it within that, you know, that minute tolerance, um, it's tough to do by hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, well, I think Jennifer, you're seeing more of that. And you've had a couple of these jobs where uh, clients, they don't, they want to reuse the buildings and the buildings are being built better and they're lasting longer. So how do you reuse buildings? Often you have to, you just have to change ground right. inside that building. Get the middle of it out, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, there's also a lot of issues with like ventilation and, you know, we can't use older gear inside the building. We need to have stuff that's newer quality and just runs better so that we're keeping everyone safe that's inside the building that's working in that same space as mm-hmm. we're trying to, you know, redo the foundation essentially. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so that system is the, yeah. So uh, like I said, that just came out a month ago at Con Expo. So that's the very first system that, that we'll be selling and, you know, Northwest has got that one. Cool. Um, really, you know, the, our partnership with Northwest goes back to um, when these I machines first came out, um, and uh, you know, you guys started with the dozers and had a lot of luck with that. And then I think in 2015 they came out with the excavators, and you guys bought the uh, you know, Northwest bought the very first PC 210 LCI that modern co- you know of the territory that modern covers. And then from there, you've just you've just absolutely grown. But yeah, it, it was it was fun to kind of see how your fleet grew as as we consider you know consider uh, continued to progress with the technology that we're offering um, and the more models that we're doing and, and seeing your guy you know your your fleet grow to it mm-hmm. um, is, is is really been fun to see. Yeah, I mean we've even adjusted internally. You know, we now have like a GPS department. I mean, Ryan Doffman was full-time GPS and I know we have a committee that meets on a weekly basis. I'm pretty sure. Um, and we needed that because yeah, you have these people that have no idea how to run these machines or are really resistant to it, but just spending a little bit of time or, you know, showing them a video, doing some trials, then you can really get into it. Just training, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cause like I said, guys were, they were a little standoffish at first, you know, it's just, it's a new, it was a new thing. And, like I said, once they figured it out and understood that it was a, a device that was helping cut first cost, right? And yeah. then obviously cut down, which in, which involves labor and all that. But it's it's how smart it is too. I mean, it's it can make me on a machine look pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we've even used that a lot with clients. Like it's a you know a service that we can provide to tell them like we still need survey and you guys need to provide some information to us, but with our GPS, we can do a lot of this on our own. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then having the drone be able to fly and give us numbers on where we are with dirt and know that there's a lot better, at least management side planning, right. what's coming up, you know? Yeah. It really started from the top, you know, the owners, you know, buying into this from, from, you know, modern, like you're saying, Michael, and then, and then pushing it down and to the fields and, um, and they believed in it. And that's, you can tell by how much we've bought 
right? Yeah. And going to the drone and you're saying our first 210, now we have 210s, 360s, you know, 490s. Dozer. Numerous dozers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you can tell they believe in it. So, and, and it, uh, the proof is out there. Yeah. For sure. And is it getting integrated into more other than excavators and dozers, um, you know, motor graders and scrapers and other, uh, you know, other pieces of equipment? So this is where I digress. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how you're going to answer yeah, this Yeah, this is how I digress. Um, <laughs> there, there are some integrated dozers that, you know, or I'm sorry, uh, some integrated motor graders that, that do have GPS that... Um, Northwest has in fact bought, but you know, I pretend not to see it when I go on site, you know, it's, you know, it's got a little, <laughs> it's got a little deer or antelope, oh, little, little, yeah, little sticker on yeah, the side. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, they, they actually make a great, um, they, they do make a great, uh, a motor grader that has the, the technology integrated into it. Um, and really it, it's about, it's about the, 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 the machines that are actually moving and, and touching the dirt. Mm-hmm. Um, so going any further than, anything with a blade or a bucket is probably not really too feasible. You know, you're, you're grading with the motor grader, you're grading with the dozer, you're grading with, uh, with excavators, mm-hmm. you know, even with pipe work with excavators, mm-hmm. you start looking at some of the other, you know, stuff, probably not going to see anything on wheel loaders. Um, that's when, that's when you're going to start getting into some more of the telematics. It's, you know, wheel loaders are for the most part loading trucks. There's going to be a communication system between those so that you're able to safely you know, cycle through and get to trucks quicker and safer. Um, but when it comes to, I think the GPS control, I think, I think we're pretty much there, Yeah. you know, on the machines that you're going to see, you know, you have some offerings on some of the smaller machines, like little skid steers and whatnot. Yeah. yeah so I guess essentially what he's saying is that the, <laughs> the long winded answer Kamasu does not have a road grader. <laughs> that is, that is a GPS machine yeah. um, for, for reasons like he, like Mike was saying, you know, just, it's it's a uh, anything could turn you know could bump that out right I mean you got a lot a lot of working parts as you do with all the equipment but but uh, definitely the graders there's a lot more going on there you know as far as uh, the table right and and just different different parts that could you know could throw things out of whack I guess yeah, you, you start know. looking at the big circle bearing you know that's that, what I'm that, at the table that, yeah yeah that thing moves that move that moves laterally in and out up and down and then you tell I mean it's it's an it, it moves in eight directions. Yeah, and it's a lot to it. And then you have the the you have the variables of tires, you know, depending on the time of day, depending on the time of year, um, you could have more flex or less flex in the tires too. And and at the same time, that's all that that machine's got to compensate that while having a pretty complicated mm-hmm. blade system on there. Yeah, um, sure. So it's not just you know it's not as easy as just throwing something on there. It's it's a very refined machine and very refined system that's on that machine in order to get that to work. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I'm not trying to promote anything besides Komatsu, but <laughs> if there are a variety of, you know, gear that's purchased from different parties, how is the communication, like, can we have the same uh, base station or whatever software that's communicating with all those, or do we have a variety of, does that make sense? Like an Android yeah. versus an no, Apple or whatever, yeah. No, yeah, it yeah. does. And, and, and that's a very good point. You know, there, there is an Android and Apple of, I am, you know, of, of integrated machines or of GPS, uh, and that's Topcon and Trimble. Right. Mm. Um, you guys, you guys operate, you guys operate Topcon, um, and you guys have a dozen or so base stations or rovers for, for, so for your environment, just about any gear can come in and do the work. Um, as long as it's Topcon ready, you're good to go. But 
you know, the, the further along we go, um, those two companies start to realize that's the direction that construction is going to be going into is more and more automation, more and more machine control, and that they kind of have to start working nicely together. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you're always going to have two separate entities of Top Common and Trimble, but they are starting to talk together and work, you know, and kind of work along that gray edge. So you can start taking Topcon machines into Trimble environments and you can take Trimble machines into Topcon environments. Um, so that's not necessarily a deal breaker anymore like it was, you know, 10 years ago. It was it was a very yeah. fine was, night. Yeah, yeah, one or the other. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And so we use Topcon, but Komatsu offers this equipment in both, right? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. Um, so it, the integration portion um, is favored towards a Topcon format, okay. um, but with just a, a flip of a setting and an addition of a, a little radio, now it can operate in a Trimble environment wow. or even yeah. a Leica environment. Um, it's there that Komatsu likes to talk about being brand agnostic when it comes to that. Um, and they're working closer and closer to getting there. Um, you know, right now the generation of uh, IMC machines that, that are out there are 2.0. So what that means is it's got some it's got some really great capabilities in the dirt as well as settings that will allow you to change between radio settings very, very easily. And it makes it very easy to go from Topcon or to go to Trimble. Um, within the next couple of years, we'll probably start seeing the next version, which is 3.0, which will end up having even more versatility um, settings-wise. So there'll be less hardware to have to work through and maybe an additional setting or two that'll really allow that machine to go into just about any environment. Gotcha. So going back to the, the, the excavators and I guess the size of the excavator, um, you know, we've got anything from the minis to the, the 490s. Are, mm-hmm. are, is there integration of, of smart, um, these smart features on, on all sizes of excavators? So for, for modern and Komatsu, um, it starts at the, the PC-210, and then it goes all the way up to the PC-490. Okay. Uh, and pretty much all the, the conventional machines in between there. When I say conventional, just the, the, the non-zero tail swing machines. Um, so those all have options to have them integrated. In between those models, you'd be looking at going um, with either an, an aftermarket system, either Topcon or Trimble, um, or even Komatsu's new retrofit kit, which uh, allows you to put GPS on a machine, not auto- with, without automatics, but it'd be an indicate system. So it's always going to okay. tell you where you're at, but that's a new system that we're able to put on standard machines as well. Um, even going to the, to, to the small guys, the little minis as well. Yeah. Yep. What about the big 900 at uh, Con Expo? <laughs> <laughs> That'll probably never be an eye yeah. machine, <laughs> but you could absolutely put one of the retrofit kits on there. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, absolutely. So at any point in time, you're going to see that, you know, 250,000 pound machine within a half inch of, you know, wherever it's supposed to be. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yeah. Probably not something to get into today, but like, I'm so curious with this software, there's probably so many features that we're not using or even aware of, you know, that like certain softwares that we have in the office, we probably use 20% of them. And I'm sure these machines are the same thing where we have guys in the field kind of doing the same thing every day, but what other things aren't we tapping into, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the real big push now is, you know, trying to find people to sit in to these excavators or those dozers and still be productive. You know, uh, I think across the workforce, we're seeing a lack of really high qualified, high motivated individuals that want to jump into these machines, 
learn the business and be able to kind of really be an expert at that. It's 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 tough. You know, we have a lot of we have a lot of these veteran experienced guys that are getting to that retirement age, and it's not as easy as we want it to be to replace those guys. Um, so we're providing tools to help the new guys, to help the guys that you know need to progress to the next level, yet while still being profitable and still being productive. Um, so. Yes, you can push the button on the dozer to grade, but typically, in order to get to grade, you've got you've got a bit to cut. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's six inches, whether it's three feet, and um, yeah, grading is where you make the money, but you have to get there. Um, and the best way to get there is to move as much material as fast as you can. And an unexperienced operator is going to have a hard time maximizing what that dozer can push. Mm-hmm. So what's really great with a lot of the integrated features, particularly with uh, with Komatsu's eye machines, is all you have to do is you're just going to hit the auto button, and it's it's going to start to try to get to grade. But once it realizes it's nowhere near, it's going to manage what's in front of that blade automatically. And what's happening is as that blade is cutting that new existing topography, it's actually recording what that topography is doing at the tracks. Wow! So now when you go back to that start of that pass it's going to now be able to start taking layers of that down until you get to grade automatically. So every time that blade is making another cut, those tracks are recording and mapping out what that terrain behind that blade's doing. So then when you get back to the start, you hit your auto button again, and it's going to start taking another layer down because that's how operators move dirt is they don't just go grab a big hole and push it. They take layers down. You know, they like to fill in their valleys and, and top off their peaks so you have a nice working environment, and that's what the machine's going to do automatically. Huh. That's really cool. Yeah, I had no clue it would do that. No. Yeah. <laughs> I have all these visions of, like, you know, college students these days that are getting into the tech world and coming up with these algorithms or whatever it is to make this happen. It's really exciting, I yeah. guess. <laughs> it is. It's, it is very exciting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, what do we got at um, the D71 over at uh, Seattle Storm? I got to hop in, hop into the seat there a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah, and uh, and and the, and the the operator just explaining it to me. I'd never been in a dozer before. Mm-hmm. He saw me kind of pretending uh, on the side of the dirt there, and he said, "I'll oh, get up here," you know. <laughs> right. And um, and uh, it certainly was not just a, a push and play um, deal, but uh, he, he said, he, "You know, all right, here's your button for your your blade, and you press that button when you're ready to go and and uh, throttle forward and and um, and then uh, I still failed. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, the excavators—they're they're actually like they're pretty slick. I mean, you set that up on, and with the digging buckets on there, it won't let you. It'll actually stall out. It will not let you over dig or overcut your your yeah. grade your grade line. Wow. It'll actually stop. Yeah. So with those, you know, we in, in the excavators, it's not quite. We like to say semi-autonomous. So um, it's not quite. You push a button, and the the excavator is just going to start going. But what it's going to do is it's going to kind of sit in the background and let the operator do what he's always doing. You know, so if he's got a ten foot hole that he's digging in front of him, he's just going to dig, dig, dig. He's going to build his pile. He's going to load his truck. He's going to do, he's going to do whatever he can um, to move as much dirt as possible. But in the background, that machine is kind of watching where his bucket is. And as soon as any part of that bucket touches where that design surface is, it will not let him go any further. Wow. Just won't let him go. Um, And then at that point, once you've actually reached where that design surface is, with just pulling back the arm, that machine will keep itself on grade. It'll adjust the boom automatically. It'll adjust the bucket automatically as well to keep you on grade. And at any point in time, you're ready to, you know, grab that dirt and go, you know, pull it out of the hole. 
everything is on the fly all for you. The only thing it's going to restrict you from doing is just going below grade. It's a really cool. It's a really <laughs> slick setup, especially you start getting into mass, uh, kind of mass earthwork, uh, you know, moving, you know, you start getting into um, retention ponds. Great. You start getting into slopes with multiple benches in there. It's great. And then, you know, I know you guys have really put a, a huge initiative of, of having your, your pipe guys right. uh, push on it. And perfect for pipe. Mm-hmm. It's really, really great for pipes because it also, you know, with that being able to keep, it also helps keep guys one less guy out of that trench. Right. You know, and, and, and anytime you can keep a guy out of the trench from not being up underneath, you know, work equipment, it's just sure. it's always better. Yeah. yeah. All right. So is there any kind of upcoming technology? I was thinking as you were talking about how it only, the excavator bucket only goes so far. Like, is there any sort of sensor to detect? Like I think about tracer wire that we install over pipes or maybe future technology to kind of prevent damage to existing utilities or something in the ground to say where that bucket or machine knows, whoa, whoa, there's something here below me a foot or whatever. Has that ever come up? That, that, that's a common question because what happens is in, you know, in this day and age where we're designing a 3D model, you know, that, that excavator or that dozer is only as good as the information mm. we feed it. So True. if all we're feeding it is just what the grade is, then that's all it's going to do. Um, so if there are things to avoid at this point in time, we actually have to put in the model. You know, we have to put avoidance zones inside that model so that when you do get close to, you know, a gas line or... Um, a cable line or any of that stuff, it'll actually kind of start screaming at you, letting you know, hey, you're, you're close, keep, you know, keep an eye out. Um, and again, it's all about what you feed into it, trash in, trash out. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times there's, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. Or you think something's located in one spot and in fact it's located in a different spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> happens, um, all know, happens, <laughs> happens all the time. Happens happens all the time. You call you call eight one one because you want to dig in your backyard and it finds out that uh, that that gas line was four feet to the left of where they actually marked it out. <laughs> I have no personal experience with that at all. <laughs> um, but uh, with that said, that's that's definitely something that that guys want. It's it's safety. You know, yeah. you yeah. get into a you know, you get into a gas line, you get into electrical it's all about safety. Yeah. Um, I can't. I can't speak to if that's right around the corner, mm-hmm. but I know that's something that's high, high, high on guys' priority list because again, it it's really about uh, the you know, the big the big word around a lot of manufacturers these days outside of GPS is just safety. Sure. You know, it's safety. The machines are getting bigger. The machines are getting faster, um, and you still have to you still have to try to avoid getting into those metric situations, even though things are getting bigger and faster and, you know, it's harder to see out of. Yeah. Yeah. I think about like the sensors on our trucks, right? I mean, they prevent us from running into stuff. Well, they're supposed, they're supposed to. They're supposed to. Yeah. 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 Doesn't always work, right? Right. Right. It'd it'd be, uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where the industry takes us on that. Well, have you tried uh, uh, backing into a parking space without your camera lately? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, well, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, no, no I know. Right. I'm a little spoiled with our, uh, our company trucks here. When I go back to my personal rig, it's, uh, oh yeah. Oh, you got to use, you gotta use those look. weird things on the side. that are called yeah. mirrors. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, look yeah. at the yeah. dash yeah. and you're like, oh, that's my radio. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I cannot see behind me. All I see is the radio station I'm on right now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that'd be slick though. Uh, Jim, what you're saying, as far as, you know, having some type of a machine that could also be GPS and a locate machine. You know, yeah, yeah I mean, but again, you detector it, on the bottom or something. I, I don't know how that would even be. Well, lidar cannons, but who knows, yeah, yeah. right? But like you said, though, Michael, it's something that's gonna have to be inputted yeah. into it. It's not, uh, 
it's not something you just kind of know, but I guess right. it's the same That's thing. That's how you feel. The machine, you feel like the machine is smart. Right. <laughs> like, oh yeah. I gave it all this information. Right. right. <laughs> well, another big thing you start coming into is, is overhead power lines. Mm -hmm. sure. yeah. and that's that's a big deal um, yeah. right. and they are starting to be able to put technology where they're actually being able to put upward limiters so that you can't get there no matter how you know no matter mm -hmm. how hard you try you can put these upward limiters um, that allow that and you know that's going to continue to progress so that's got to you know you can put sideways um, you know lateral limiters on there too yeah because yeah. again it's 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 really is these machines become so much more capable right that you, you have to you have to govern them a little bit yeah from, you know from guys hurting themselves well, even digging inside the building, like we talked about, that, that oh, yeah. can be another Just overhead period. Set a limit, yeah. Yeah, that'd be good to see. You know, they, they got it on cranes, right? Uh, swing limiters and, and all those different limiters on cranes, certainly. Oh, yeah. On an excavator. Yeah. 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 I mean, cameras itself, right, safety-wise, I mean, cameras are the huge first step, and they're in all of our, you know, haul trucks, everything. Yeah. And, uh, the problem is you just got to make sure you guys look at the cameras. Well, that too. Yeah. 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 You know, you right. get... You get in a situation where guys are just, you know, they're they're just they're just moving and grooving, and you know, sometimes you just you, you overlook looking at that 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 mirror or overlooking at that camera. So having you know having whatever you can, um, object detection is gonna is another thing that's gonna start coming out on machines. You know, yeah. uh, both you know lateral as well as reverse because it's that that audible alarm you can't quite ignore. Yeah, you know, with with my old company, we uh, we started this new thing um, where we had put RF uh, RFID um, chips in the hard hats, and then you had sensors on the outside of the machines. Have you seen any of that before? Uh, I, I've seen quite a bit of that. You know, particularly at Con Expo, you know, mm -hmm. you, you take a look at um, a lot of the the kind of safety booths, and a lot of that is about kind of personnel tracking, um, so that if uh, you know personnel is behind a machine or within whatever governs zone, um, the machine's going to recognize that, or at least a monitor's going to recognize that and kind of limit, um, limit things because, you know, again, in our industry, there's, there's not a whole lot of room for error with, con you right. know, getting in contact with another machine or whatnot. Um, and that's, I've seen that quite a bit, um, not personally on a site, but a lot, a lot of talking at exhibits. Um, yeah. Con Expo, I've I never, heard, never heard that or even yeah. saw that. Yeah, yeah, it was some we we we, tr we trial ran on this on this job, and um, it. Um, the, but the problem was you had a lot of people coming on the site who didn't have those chips right. in there. Sure. And and the concern was that the operator was just going to get too used to hearing the beeping, um, and then if somebody didn't have that chip, yeah. um, they'd be in trouble. Right. I could see that. Yeah. Well, we talked about uh, a lot about like automation um, and uh, kind of the, the future of uh, GPS and where we're going. You know, I think of I think of the combines um, in the wheat fields, and you can press a button on those combines and they'll they'll run themselves, right? Uh, obviously, the risk is less. There's not a lot of personnel around there, um, but do you, do you see something like that happening where we're going to have autonomous machines in construction? I think we are going to see some autonomy. Um, I don't think it's going to be quite as much as what we see in the, the agriculture field. Um, because there's still a lot of logic and there's still a lot of planning that goes in when it comes to moving dirt. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if a dozer's, you know, moving dirt, you know, which way is he windrowing? You know, there's some logic behind that. Um, right. As well as if a, if a, you know, if an excavator's digging pipe, which way is he, you know, which way is that, that excavator building his pile then when is when it's ready for him to start to take bedding where is that bedding coming from and then how much to take bedding so i definitely think that there's going to be some automation we see that 
outside of the ag, but we see it a lot in mining as well. You've got um, you've got autonomous trucks all over the place, and uh, you know the the real necessity for having autonomy on mining trucks isn't necessarily production. What it is is because when you're dealing with mining trucks that are you know six million dollars, you want to be able to have controlled downtime with those machines. So a lot of it is if you have twenty if you have twenty trucks, you're going to have twenty different drivers, mm-hmm. twenty different drivers with twenty different driving habits how hard they brake, how hard they accelerate, when they turn. But if you can have a system that's going to have all 20 of those trucks drive the exact same way, you can plan maintenance and downtime a whole lot more. Wow. So, that's, so that's kind of why you start seeing that as well as why you, why you do see it in the, combine, uh, the, the combines too. You start looking at combines, those are, those are multi-million dollar machines. So they're really looking at making sure they're, they're keeping a schedule of downtime and maintenance um, while keeping productive. So now you flip that over to the construction site. Yes, the machines are expensive, but we're not talking about that type, um, that type of uh, a dollar amounts going into them and needing to keep very specific scheduling of downtime and maintenance. Mm-hmm. Uh, ideally, we never have any downtime, sure. but we know that you know we know that's not going to happen. That's that's not that's not feasible. Um, but Komatsu does have uh, sites in Japan where they are running autonomous, and there are a, it, there's a lot of pre work that go into it mm-hmm. because you are you are talking with you know you're, you're you're setting up specific, essentially flight paths for these machines for these dozers so that they're starting on one end going to the other and they're pushing dirt. In a very specific way, mm-hmm. when excavators are loading trucks very specific kind of logic that's being directed to them. So there's still a lot to it. It's never going to be to the point where you just go drop off a dozer, put in a model, push the, push the button and have it go. Yeah. I think there's going to be a, a, a large level, but it's never going to be to the point where I think we're going to be able to have or want to have, um, you know, operators not in cabs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're just improving that production and the safety. Yeah. That would be interesting though. Just, Showing up at a job site in the morning and push start, <laughs> come back around lunchtime and everything's sitting as a hole. I mean, here we go. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, I think before we get um, to that and kind of in the mainstream, you're going to see a lot more uh, remote features. Okay. Where, uh, you know, mining is always kind of at the forefront of any of these big uh, initiatives that come into um, uh, construction. You know, so you get up, uh, you get up to minings where you have dozers up on the, the the wall faces, whether they're on top or whether they're on bottom. You don't want guys inside the, you know, you don't want guys inside those dozers. So uh, that's kind of the next technology that's coming out is being able to have a lot more control while being remote. So being you can safe. still safer. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Kind of the common theme to a lot of the stuff is safety. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I did a mining job. We mined a, a 12 foot hole through the Dallas Dam. Yeah, is about a hundred, hundred, or it's about sixty feet of concrete, and we did a we had a remote controlled mining drone because we didn't want people in the hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we're mining through a dam. You got a sure. hundred feet of headwater above you. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I did. I did see um, a bunch of seats at uh, Con Expo. Um, it looked like both simulators um, for training as well as uh, remote machines. It seemed like there was um, quite a few of those exhibits at Con Expo. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, I don't think it was last Con Expo that I got onto it, but back in 2020, I was able to sit down into a, into a machine and operate a skid steer that was 
out in Arizona. Oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't do very well, but I was still able to operate it. No, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, that was pretty that was pretty cool. There of course there's gonna you're you're always gonna have that little lag. So every time you move something it took, you know, a, a, a second and a half for it to, mm. to get there. But it was still pretty cool to see that you're actually operating a physical piece of machinery yeah. that was, you know, a thousand miles away. Yeah. Do you guys do other expos like Con Expo or just around the world or the country? You know, Con Expo, of course, is the big one. Yeah. You know, Con Expo is the big one. Um, modern uh, modern reps more than just Komatsu. So we get into some of the scrap handlers and we got a lot of, uh, you know, asphalt stuff. So a lot of the local, you know, world of asphalt and uh, ISRI produces a lot of uh, shows for, uh, for, scrap, for scrap. But Komatsu, uh, they might do some local regional stuff, but Con Expo really is kind of the that's the one that everyone kind of saves up for because everyone wants to go to that one. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm certainly excited for the technology, um, the future of construction with technology. Um, but it's kind of a catch 22 because one of the things I love about the industry the most is the people. And, um, as we eliminate operators or laborers or, you know, whatever it is, uh, it kind of scares me to think like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to start working with less people because I really like the people I work with, you know? Um, so it's an uncertainty. It is, I, yeah. Uh, kind of excited about. I'm not sure we're ever going to see that in our lives, but maybe. Um, yeah. I think we already struggle to find people, you know, mm-hmm. just won the trades, I guess. Sure. It's yeah, yeah. harder, but um, I agree with Joey. Someday, yeah. but yeah. probably not our lifetime. Well, I think yeah. it creates opportunities for, um, you know, fields that you never thought or uh, uh, positions that you never thought were going to be viable for your company. You know, I, I think of I think of Ryan. You mentioned Ryan yeah. uh, earlier. Um you know, he's kind of taken the GPS, you know, that GPS hat and kind of run with it to the fact that uh, I know I was mentioned to you guys earlier, you guys are, uh, you guys are really heavily involved with Komatsu Smart Construction Dashboard, which is their drone uh, processing. And uh, I think you guys out of, I think 300 customers throughout the US uh, are like in the top five of how many flights you guys actually process per year. Hmm. So it shows that you guys, yeah, so it's really shows that you guys are (laughs) really, really invested in, um, really getting the most out of what you can yeah. and, you know, and having Ryan there um, kind of leading the charge on that and really supporting the machines um, is great. You know, I think 10 years ago, the thought of having a, a GPS foreman was very outlandish, but it, you know, now that opportunity has come and yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's great working with uh, it's great working with Northwest and particularly with, you know, with Ryan on, on a pretty much daily basis, making sure that your guys is, your guys' fleet is is up and running. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know they're so intertwined. That's mm-hmm. cool that you go, you guys provide such a service to us too to make sure that all of the gears up and running on a daily basis around the clock. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. We got the <laughs> lots of their service techs out there, <laughs> <laughs> but not not too many, of course. Though, of course not. Of course not. No. <laughs> well, yeah, I think too. Like with Ryan, you know, I called him the other day. Hey, can you come shoot my job? I Ideally, I'd like it by tomorrow, and so he's on some other job rushing up there, and yeah, this might be something that will develop into a, a department that we have, per se, once we do get more gear and the technology gets better and you need people to go service, you know, a handful of jobs and you can't cover that in a week, so. Well, and that's a perfect example of, of the viability of having the drone survey. You know, um, you needed something pretty immediately. If we were to doing it the old way, I mean, he he'd be he would be out on site for two days just topoing. Yeah. Right. Whereas now he can head over to the site um, within thirty maybe forty minutes. He has that flight. He has that site flight. Um, 
that site flown. Mm-hmm. And then um, by the next morning, that, that data is processed and he's, yeah. he's handing you over all that information. As long as it's not raining. As long right? as it's not raining. <laughs> and blowing her way raining. <laughs> but it goes back to what we talked about, right? It's this trusting in the system. I mean, when we went back to, to you know, Brett and Greg decided to, to start purchasing this GPS stuff years ago. I mean, no one kind of knew. I mean, we had some ideas, obviously, that yeah. it was going to work, right? But it's a big investment. Out of, out, of the, yeah. out of the go. And um, same thing with this drone. I mean, it's another big investment, but as you can, as we're talking, you can see how much it's benefited. Right. And I've kind of started to transition over to trusting it because before we're going off of truck tickets and counting all of our loads oh boy. and assuming yep. what, what's getting moved and you're kind of just, you know, throwing a number out there and then you have the GPS and your numbers don't always match. And so you're kind of like, which one do I trust here? But this GPS truck tickets, (laughs) (laughs) a photo. It's always trust the truck tickets. I I know our our clients, we've been able to use it for value engineering of, of these jobs. Right. And we can go into it. We showed our clients and say, Hey, if you, we stick to the plan, um, then it's going to cost you this, but we can save you money, um, and show them, the drone flight and we can say hey we can put the dirt here save you a bunch of money um and then we can you know share the profit or, yeah. or whatever you know we work out with the clients but i, I know our clients are liking it mm-hmm. it's, it's something really nice to have mm-hmm. yeah. it, it's a great visual tool i mean you know we, we we're always looking at dirt from you know five to six feet you know in the air we're not seeing much but you have to be able to have a flyover and actually see uh the progression from day one to you know to end date and any and any time in between too um, is 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 a huge visual aid not not just for yourself like you mentioned for your customers as well yeah sure I'm actually so glad you brought that up because the drawings that we have are existing and finished and there's like we don't have a map of what the site looks like anywhere during the project unless you know in the past someone goes flies a helicopter up there and pays to get shots of your site and so now we have this drone image that I can see okay. This is where the new building's kind of half built, and this is where we have piles. This is where other staging is. Like, it's just your own site logistics plan that you can use at any point in time to kind of navigate how you're going to construct something else and what sort of pathways you have, or kind of foresee what's coming up that's going to be in your way with upcoming work. Mm-hmm. So I've appreciated that for the visual for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah, you've been involved with some, some quite a few plots we've yeah GPS working on, right? So right. Yeah, you've seen it firsthand multiple times for the last yeah I, I mean even were you up at Westridge I mean I feel like I was. that's where I we started kind of really getting into it and using mm-hmm. flying that drone and I remember that was just drones in general were more popular and I remember Todd Ingstrom was out there with his drone like on the weekend you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. or getting pictures or whatever not necessarily mapping it out but right that was right. just really exciting to see and now yeah you can get these colored maps of cut and fills and stuff mm-hmm. and numbers to put to that so a good resource mm-hmm. yeah it is yeah excellent so well uh we're, we're coming up on our time here and um we didn't cover some of the stuff on the on the list and um and this conversation was great I, I definitely think we could do some more conversations here about uh the equipment and and some of the technology that we didn't cover today sure. um but i, I want to say thanks for uh coming on the podcast and uh and being a part of this and part of the, the future Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, yeah. guys. Thanks for asking me, finally. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I've been asking for a while. <laughs> like I said, I got, the, I got the face of radio, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. We'll uh, appreciate it, and we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks.